Well, good afternoon. This is your evangelist, Vernon Collier with Strike Fire Ministries. We finally figured out a high-tech way to do, use this stuff. We'll be coming to you. Uh, this is a trial run, by the way. Uh, tomorrow we'll have a broader um, scope of this uh, that we're going to be bringing to you today. We were on radio. We decided to go podcast uh, easier and quicker, and I can share just about anything I want to. And it's going to be down to earth. Uh, we're going to share the truth of God's word. And what God's Word says, um, that's where the Lord has laid on my heart. Uh, because of what God's Word says and what God's Word does and um, what it will do to even those when they do not even know that the Word is working, it is working. So today we're going to be looking at Habakkuk and some other scriptures of uh, what we uh, preached in the church in uh, Hudson Falls uh, about two weeks ago. So a couple pieces of scriptures I want to share to you before we get started. And these three pieces of scripture are very important. If you got your Bibles today, turn to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. Uh, the Lord showed me this a while ago, and these scriptures that I'm going to give you to start today uh, all fall together of what the Word says and how the Word is being handled by the Lord. Uh, Isaiah 55, verse 11 so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return in me void, but will accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. So his word goes forth. It will not return unto him, but will accomplish that what he pleases. It will prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. And now if you turn to Second Thessalonians in the New Testament, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, another very important. I read this a while ago, and I'm putting these two together, the one I just give you, and this one here in um, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, and Paul is praying for this church here in Thessalonica. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of God have free course and that be glorified, even as it is with you. And verse 2 says that ye may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, and all men have not faith. So Paul is praying here that the word would have free course. As it says in Isaiah, I just read you that, it will not return to it, accomplish that purpose whereunto he sent it. And now he's praying here. Isaiah said one thing, and, and I think this puts a capstone on it when, when uh Paul says, finally, brethren, pray for us. The word of God have free course. All walls broken down, all philosophy broken down, all arguments broken down. That's what God's word is. Now, in Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing in and dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow as a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. So when God's word goes out uh, by a witness, by someone giving a testimony, by someone preaching, by an evangelist, by a pastor, uh, by a Sunday school teacher, when the word goes out into the air, first off, it'll accomplish that purpose whereunto God sent it and it'll accomplish that purpose. And then the word of God would have free course. And now the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, remember all that and go to the Old Testament. 
to a, uh, some people, it's a very unfamiliar book, but in Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter, chapter one. This, uh, this is quite a story here that takes place in Habakkuk. Israel is about to be invaded by a bitter and hasty nation. So in Habakkuk chapter two, verses one to four, and the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and how long wilt thou not hear? Even cry unto thee of violence, and thou dost not save. And why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there is raise up strife and contention. Therefore law is slacked, and judgment does never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceed. Now, this is a powerful piece of scripture. And continuing here, behold, we among the brethren regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which we will not, not believe, though it be told you. For I raise up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling place that are not theirs. And they are terrible, dreadful, their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards and are more fierce than evening wolves and the horsemen shall spread themselves and the horsemen shall come from far and they shall fly as an eagle that hastes to meet and they shall come for violence their face shall sup up the east wind and they shall gather captivity as the sand and they shall scoff at the kings and princes shall be a scorn of them and they shall dried every stronghold they shall heap dust and take it then shall his mind change and he shall pass over and offend imputing his power unto his god now, if we rate this is going to Israel, and Habakkuk is recording this, what the Lord is telling him, and um, it's very, very. If you just read that and think about that, put in a context wherever it's Israel talk about Israel, put in America, and just put two together. Now, if you turn over your um, Bibles to chapter uh, two, verses one to four, after all that is about going to happen, he uses a wicked nation to come against, according to Habakkuk, righteous nation. But in chapter 2, it said, I will stand you upon my watch, and set me upon the tower, and I'll watch and see what he will say unto me, and I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain with tables, and run him that may run readeth it. And the vision is yet for a point in time, and the end shall speak, and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it surely will come, and it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. The scripture tells us that Habakkuk was taking the message of chapter one. He was going to make it plain. Lord told him to make it plain and simple so that everybody would see and understand it of what God was about to do. Now, in chapter two, also in verse 20, it said, For the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Or you can say, God is in his holy temple and all is right with the world. He's a sovereign God reigning over all. Nothing surprises him. Nothing's too big for him. Even in discipline and chastisement to a, a, a disobedient nation or a disobedient people or a disobedient church or a disobedient to a personal, personal one-on-one, -on -one, nothing surprises him. Nothing is too big for God. Now, I want you to move in your Bibles to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 2. And in chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it says this, And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the Holy Land, 
and he shall choose Jerusalem again. Be silent, all of flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his habitation. Remember, in Habakkuk was nothing but destruction and waste, and everything was going negatively, so we think. Now, Zechariah here says in verses 12 and 13, in both destruction, which was in Habakkuk, and also and then in Zechariah, we see building up. In both situations, God is working out his perfect will. Prophecy has to be fulfilled. We need to keep that in mind. Now, if you want to personalize this, go to the New Testament in 1 Corinthians First Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And it says this, again, talk about the temple that was in Habakkuk, talk about the temple that he says in Zechariah. Now, in, 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 the, in the New Testament, in Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in him? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So we are the temple of God. That comes from, we're taking it from the Old Testament, New Testament now, so we can personalize it. And, and what God has to do, it's, it's personal, it's individual, and your temple, your body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a piece of scripture I can't find. I'm just going to be like Billy Graham here. He said, I don't know the chapter. I don't know the verse, but it's in the Bible. Uh, you want to know how close the kingdom is. You want to know how close the temple of God is. God says as close as your very breath. Put your hand up in front of your face and just blow on it. You just breathe the kingdom of God. Uh, whether you're a saint or sinner, God made a void in your heart and soul and life, and you're looking for love and pleasure and everything in all the wrong places, when inside is the very thing to make you happy if you turn to God. Now, in Matthew 13, 8, you can write these down. I'm going to run these by quickly because this is just a trial run with the podcast. Matthew 13, 8 says, again, unless a grain of wheat fall in the ground or die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Remember, some kind God has to destruct in order to rebuild. And I, I, I keep saying sometimes, and I shouldn't because it seems that man doesn't learn only by hardship and toil um, and, and, and things coming upon him to get him down on his knees. See, unless a grain of wheat fall in the ground it, and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. So God has to destroy in order to rebuild. And then Paul says in one, one case... In First um, Corinthians fifteen thirty one, he says, "I die daily." So that means we're surrendering uh, not to the flesh, but to the spirit. We're not walking after the flesh; we're walking after the spirit. And he also says in Galatians chapter two, verse twenty, "I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live; yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who died and gave Himself for me." So. God has to destroy in order to rebuild. We have to die. We have to be die daily, and we have to be crucified with Christ. And you know the familiar scripture in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, 
Uh, beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. They may prove what is that perfect will of God. Now, that is there. We're, we're to be a living sacrifice. We're to be crucified with Christ. We're to die daily. God destroys in order to rebuild because resurrection only happens when the body dies. That's the only way it can be done. Now, another familiar portion of Scripture that I think you'll rejoice in reading in Romans chapter 11, verses 13 through 24. I want to read this to you in, in, in its totality because it, it really brings us home. Follow along as I read in Romans chapter 11, verses 13 to 24. For I speak to you Gentiles, and much as I am apostle of Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may pro provoke to emulation them which are of the flesh, and might have some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciled in the world, what shall the re re receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, then the lump is holy, and also the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches are broken off, talk about Israel here, and thou being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with partakest of the of the root and the fatness of the of the olive tree, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say, the branches are broken off, and I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, Israel here. And thou standest by faith, be not high-minded. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them whom fell severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. They also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and wert grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural, be grafted in their own olive tree? The cutting off of Israel and, and the grafting in of the Gentile race. And we're supposed to drive Israel jealous for what we've got. Now, um... We need to be careful, not high-minded, because of what God is saying here. We can say, <clears throat> oh, we're in this now. Israel is cut off, and we're grafted in. And, and you might get the idea that we're really something. But if you get too high-minded, it says in his word that, that we could be cut off also. Now, I give you all this to go back to the scriptures that we started with that the word will not return unto you void, will accomplish that purpose whereunto you sent it. And then in Second Thessalonians, I read to you earlier, that the word may have free course, and pray that the word have free course. I pray that each week that you'll be praying for me as we bring this to you, that all the philosophies, all the walls, and all the arguments be brought down, that the word would have free course. And you're going to get a lot of the word from me. And then the last one, Hebrews 4.1 that the word, is, word that is preached, excuse me, the, the word is quicker and sharper than a powerful and two-edged sword, piercing even the thought, the intents, all the way to the marrow of the bone. So the word today has gone out again in a short 15 minutes, and you see the word that is preached will do its work in all of us and remove either sinner or saint that the word does its work on. God bless you. 
possibly you hear from me again tomorrow. I said we start this on the first, but I wanted to make this trial run and uh, access my website, access my Facebook page. Uh, the website is strikefireministries.net, and my um, Facebook page for Strike Fire Ministries is uh, strikefiremistries.com. God bless you, and we'll pray for us, and we'll pray for you, and uh, let me know what you think about what's coming over the air. We love you and praise you. God bless.